If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. For all new and current subscribers, welcome back to Resilient Love. Resilient is being able to overcome difficult situations. This podcast is about love, love, tips tips on on life, life, and how to level up in your business. Let's Let's get get started started on on the journey. journey. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Resilient Love. Today we have with us Ms. Sharita Green. How are you doing, Ms. Sharita? (laughs) I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on today. I am blessed and privileged to be here. Yes, we are so happy to have you with us. And so we want our listeners to get to know you before we get into our questions. So tell us more about you. Yeah, absolutely. So I am um, in general, just a a laid back person. (laughs) Most of the time, um, you know, when I was younger, I was the sweetest little kid. And um, but it, it was a disadvantage sometimes because it, that bullying thing came in and they like, well, Sheree is not going to say anything. So we can say anything to her and bother her. But um, as I got older and so when I left home, then it's like I began to develop more of a backbone, something about moving to um, going to school in the city of Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of different types of people. Um, made me develop more of a backbone. <laughs> right. So, um, but I was able to uh, attend school, and I was like, I feel like I'm being mean, but if I'm, I can't be nice. <laughs> I'm like, what do I do? So I'm trying to, you know, trying to figure it out. But um, I was able to get involved with a um, church community when I was in college, and so that's when I really began to develop my relationship with with God. It was kind of during those years that I was um, in, inquisitive to know like more about the word. Um, in high school, I just went to church, but I honestly don't remember much except I sang in the choir. So I sang in the youth choir and it was a lot of fun, but as far as the word and development, I just, it didn't, I was new. So it didn't really, you know, hit home to me. Um, so the church was a very powerful ministry um, it had a strong college campus ministry, and so we kind of began to develop a relationship once a month with each other. And um, so I did that for for a while, and then I actually ended up um, leaving the campus uh, due to financial reasons. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, due to financial reasons, I lost the uh, the scholarship after my first year. I'm like, why? It's not my fault. The class, I didn't this class um so it was hard for me to, <laughs> it was hard for me to get my credits up so um I actually ended up uh, moving into a low-income public housing community neighborhood and that's where I began to um have a passion for working with I guess um low-income or underprivileged uh children so um 
I began doing that and but that's kind of like in my middle 20s was when I really was like I need to um, kind of find out more about and I had a few mentors at that time that were really strong in the faith and I was really amazed at how strong in the faith they were because they didn't have a lot and I'm like I'm amazed and I was so intrigued by how much faith they had and how much they trusted God um and it really was it really made me it really showed me that God can use anybody because he used them mightily it didn't matter how much you had because I know I didn't have a lot of college students so (laughs) that's why I'm staying in in the public in in the low-income public housing community so I don't have to pay much um and I was a work-study student as well I was going to school so um that's where I kind of began um my journey and um with God Awesome. Wow. Yeah. So my husband's got another question for you. (laughs) So you, you expressed to us your journey with God. What was the turning point for you to get, get closer to God? So, uh, I would say that when I was in college, I had a male best friend. And so we did everything together. It was like 19 years old, 20 years old. We did everything. So we went to church together. Um, our parents lived like 10 minutes from each other in the suburbs. Um, we were working with the children together in the neighborhood. He ended up getting an apartment there. I ended up getting an apartment there to the point where it was like overboard. Um, oh. <laughs> It was, it was, it was so, we spent so much time together that he was my best friend. Like literally he was my best friend and, and our parents, you know, we, they knew each other and everything. And so it was a lot of fun. It was like fun, you know, being with him. And then we were like mentors to the young kids in the neighborhood. So we would take them places or taking to eat. We would taking a church with us, honestly, seriously, like on the train, the parents should like take them to church. <laughs> I remember one time I had a, a parent and I'm, uh, she, the child is knocking on my door and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that was my cue. Like he's come to church with me today. Like, I don't know what that means. So, yeah. um, so it was, it was, it was fun. Um, so what happened was he began to go, he began to go back to school. He was in school, but he was taking some time off. So he began to go back to school. When he went back to school, our relationship began to kind of tear. And because he began to meet other people, which, you know, you should. But I wasn't, I guess I just wanted to be best friends forever kind of thing. I wasn't interested in meeting anybody else. And I've always had, um, I've always gotten along better with guys than I have girls. And so for me, it's like I... (laughs) It was, it was a very, very difficult time because we were close for about two years. And so that's when I was like, okay, I became kind of in a depressive state, honestly. I didn't know what to do because I didn't have anybody else that I felt like I could trust, um, knowing, our, you know, knowing the situation I was in, um, who's going to help me with these kids that we've been mentoring. And so there's a situation where he had to end up leaving the neighborhood, but I felt like I was by myself. And so I had to make a decision, even though I was going to church and had mentors, but I had to make a decision and say, okay, now I think I want to get to know who this guy really is because I was in a void state, in a desperate state of, of loneliness and slight depression. 
And so I said, well, I, I need to either stay in this place or I'm going to make a decision to say, I'm going to get out of this place. So it wasn't like somebody coached me or taught me or mentored me. It was more that I, I had to make a decision. And I think a lot of times when it comes to the word, and it comes to being a believer anyway, God gives us free will, God gives us choice. And so they had to make a decision like before they came into the promise land, God said, you know, um, who's the God that they're going to serve? And they said, we will serve you. And they had to make a decision. And of course they didn't, but they said they would. <laughs> but right. they, you know, God gets a decision to say, hey, are you going to follow my, my word, my principles, my commandments, my laws? It's up to us you know, to make that decision. If we're really going to walk in dominion and have the authority, and I feel like a lot a lot of people are, are on the fence or wishy-washy in God because they're still not sure of where they stand in the relationship with him. And they're easily swayed, you know, but the more you spend in, in just listening to gospel music, Christian music, whatever you like, the more, you, even if you listen to a sermon, you know, there's like, hundred different Bibles out there. So you don't have to have the King James and say, I don't understand the Bible. So that's not an excuse anymore. Right. <laughs> right. Ken, I don't, don't want to read it because I don't understand. It. No, it's like there's so many versions. It's ridiculous. So you can find something, even if you start with like a children's Bible, whatever it is to find something, because it's, it's like if, you, if the enemy is very cunning and very, um, strategic and very deceitful and he knows he said Paul I know Jesus I know but who are you so the enemy even knows who we are and so if you are um, someone that the enemy is who he goes roaming to and fro whom he may devour so if you are not strong enough to be able to withstand him you know um, what do you do so that's that's why we have to have that relationship with God, that we first turn to him. But if you don't have the word, or if you don't have the worship, or you don't have prayer, then how can you really stand in, in times of battle and when things are coming against you or when temptation comes? Because it's going to come. It says in this world, we will have temptation, trials and tribulations. It's going to come. But what do you do when it happens? So um, it's just us making that decision to say that um, I will follow God. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a decision. It truly is a decision. And people, of course, you know, they may, you know, uh, fall off or they may come back and things like that. And, you know, that's where discipleship comes in. That's where you have to really take the time. And that's why I ask questions because take the time to have people ask, ask and think and reflect and um, go back to it. Go back and read what you said, you know, because there's power in the word, just power in the word of God. And, and if you forget, or you feel like you're around people that are not encouraging you, you can always pick up something um, where you can encourage yourself. And that's what we have to do a lot of times. We have, sometimes we have to encourage ourselves and not everybody is as strong. You know, a lot of times it takes, it can take a while to get to this point to say that I'm okay with um, not having, you know, the best of the best right now, or I'm okay with not having um, the best relationship or if a relationship at all, or I'm okay with being single because, you know, you have to ask yourself, you know, who's in your circle? Are you, are you being um, encouraged, empowered, or are you being, you know, taken away and straight away by the wolves, appearing themselves to be sheep, and then you wonder what happened. You wake up one day and you're like, well, what happened? 
you know, and because it, it wasn't always like this, but it's, it's, it's the only way we're going to stand strong is to um, make that decision to stand for the Lord. Yes, that was good. <laughs> I hope y'all caught those nuggets. That was, <laughs> yeah. So that really leads me right into my next question. Cause I know you hit on the point of how things can stir you in life. And I, I mean, you right. hit the point very good in, in your identity chapter. But I want to ask you something related to the writing itself. What was the hardest chapter? Like, what was the hardest part of the process? I think trying to hone in on concepts that everyday people go through on a day-to-day basis. Because there's so many different avenues and so many different things that people deal with. But it's like, okay, what, what areas do most people deal with? or have they dealt with, you know, and at some point they probably will deal with (laughs) if they haven't. Um, But these are all areas where people have or will maybe possibly deal with these particular things. I wanted to, you know, the hardest thing was figuring out, okay, how do I, how do I bring in the pains and wounds that people have and that they're dealing with? And what are the answers to those situations and those pains in their wounds that they're having in those particular times? Um, so that's why I really wanted to I focus on those those areas. So that was the the hardest thing, uh, <laughs> figuring out which which to focus on, which area to focus on, so that way they can get the best assistance and the best help and the best place where they can get encouragement and where they can be empowered to continue to press on if you don't have a hand hand to hold or if you don't have a shoulder to lean on you know I can go in it's like oh my gosh I had like you know say someone had like a really crazy day and they're just there's just so much going on like they're losing loved ones or they've lost their, their their job or and their mind is like god where are you you know, kind of like that Job experience, where are you? What did I do wrong? Where are you? You know, but we have to have a shift in our mindset to know that he is present. And even with Job, God allowed the devil to afflict him, you know? So sometimes we think that stuff is happening because of something that we did, and that may not even be the case. You know, it may be saying, hey, have you considered my servant? So that means that Sometimes God's like, hey, I want to take you to another level. I want to take you to another place. But that it's that wilderness process that that's so uncomfortable because he didn't know what the outcome was going to be. You know, he didn't know exactly what, you know, he didn't know what was going to happen. But we just, sometimes we just, we want to know the end from the beginning. And God is the only one who really knows that. And and we know in part, we prophesy in part, but God is the one who knows the fullness of everything. So just, just picking areas where, um, it could help anybody, like pretty much at any age, anything you're dealing with health issues, you know, identity issues, which is very, very prevalent. That's happening in America today because the society is changing as far as what they find, define identity to be, you know, mm-hmm. and God has already established an identity for us. And we're always trying to, people are trying to change God's laws and God's plans, but they want to get mad at God. <laughs> With stuff's not working. Yeah, like he yeah. has the blueprint, you know, saying in the word. And people just want to rebel. They want to buck because it's just not, you know, what they want, you know. And, 
And so, you know, knowing the identity that we're made in his image and that we're not to present ourselves in a way that's going to please man, but in a way that is going to please God. We honor man and we respect authority, but we're not living our lives as people pleasers. We want to make sure that, you know, at the end of the day, that God is pleased with us, you know, and, and that's what matters. Not, you know, if you're trying to fit in or you're trying to go to see this movie or wear these type of clothes and because I'm you know whatever fashion is like I don't <laughs> I've never been a fashionable person so you know but it's like if you don't fit in these type of groups like you know people join different things because they feel like that's going to show them their identity especially at the teenage age mm-hmm. show them their identity and so they by high school they're already picking an identity but I'm like is this truly the identity that God has for you, or are you trying to conform to someone else's identity to fit in? And I think a lot of times it's just done, you know, so subconsciously, even maybe even as adults that we don't even realize, you know, what we've done, you know, and it's kind of like, well, what am I doing for God? Like, what am, how am I representing him? You know, and you begin to ask, ask those questions. Yes. (laughs) That was so good. I hope y'all caught that. Good nuggets. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> um, our next question is, what is the main message you want readers to take from your book? I want them to feel like they are empowered to do anything and that they don't have to settle for what's happening in their community, you know, what's happening with them internally what's happening with them externally, that they don't have to settle, that regardless of the situation that they are in, if they feel like they're in the ashes, if they feel like they're in the pit, if they feel like they're in the bottom, it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. And that through Christ, he pulls us up out of the pit. You know, he causes us to stand upon the rock, which is firm, which is solid. So whenever you have a situation in life, you can go to the word of God. You can go to a place of prayer. You can go to God knowing that he hears you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times because he doesn't respond the way that, you know, he may want, you know, we want him to respond. We think that he's not listening, but as a father, the father knows best. So he's going to give us what we need. He's going to give us and provide provision for us but to know that regardless of your situation, you can always call upon the Lord and to know that he, he can and he will pull you out and that you trust more in the word of God. You trust more in the power of the cross than you do anything else and that you stand on that word and that and because of that, that you'll have victory. Yeah. So it's called the good fight. Victory is yours. So there's going to be fights that we're going to encounter. There's there's physical fights people actually get in. There's, there's <laughs> fights they may be dealing with spiritually. But yeah. whatever your fight is, you know, someone could be battling for employment right now, or they could be having um, um, concerns in their body. Whatever's happening in their community could be affected, and whatever's happening politically could be affecting whatever that fight is to know that with Christ, they can have victory, but it's only through him they can have victory. And that there's a confidence to know that they are not alone, regardless of how long it may take. It may not be tomorrow, it may not be next month, but there will be progression in that you will see the hand of God 
you know, upon your life. As long as you remain dedicated and faithful to him and, and you remain in his, in his will, which means you're not making him mad. You're not making him upset. You're walking by the fruit of the spirit, you know, not walking in sin and not walking in carnality and just knowing what those are. But when you're living in the righteousness of God, he will provide and take care of his people. The Israelite nation went through a lot and there was people that complained, there's people that murmured, but there's people that got, that he did bring out into the promised land because they stayed the course, because they didn't complain, because they didn't murmur. And they follow the voice that God had for that appointed time. So there's times where it's like, okay, I may not see and know the path in this wilderness place, but I know that you're, that God, you are leading me into a better place. And I know that is going to be better than what it is right now. So I just have to trust and stand on that word. And so, you know, just even for me financially, it's like, okay, I may not have like, you know, consistent work at this time but I've always been working because God always you know there may be some times where I wasn't but God has always made an open door and has always made a way of provision for me in that area and so because I trust God now you begin to get a track record like hey God I know that you will do this and I know that you will provide because I do trust God I'm not trusting um a person in the natural you know or for those who are single you know, if, if you're a single woman trusting a man to say, hey, well, I need $300 or I need $200 or I need $500 and, and trusting them to be your source of supply. It has to get to the point where God is the one that says he will supply all your needs. But do you really truly believe that? Or do you have, as the world says, they have backups, you know, yeah, right. Now, they have backups. If this doesn't work, then what's going to happen? But it's really a trust. It's really your faith that he's testing. He tests you to prove you to see what was in their heart before they came into the promised land. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's like when you have enough is enough, like you don't have anything else and nobody else can do anything for you. It's like, okay, it's just God. It's just God. So. Yeah, man, that's so good. Um, how, how, how can we support what's, what's next for the ministry? I, uh, I, I really just, want people to be empowered and I want them to be encouraged. My goal is to have um, the Facebook group, um, Arise Warriors, um, where people feel like they, they need that support system and they need that help and to have like live prayer, you know, to have prayer with them, to have live prayer with them uh, and to, to feel like somebody is connecting with them you know, where they can have that extended hand because everybody's not can, can say and just jump and, and say it's just me and God. Some people can, but some people need more of that assistance to get to that point because of their journey and their past. And it's harder for them to let go of people. But that's what I um, desire is to be able to be a support system and to help walk people through the process of what they're dealing with, what they're battling and how they can speak and walk in victory. And sometimes for me, it's like, it's just speaking the word. Like, I don't care how I may feel. I may have a pain in my body, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay hands on myself. That's right. <laughs> some oil. And I'm just going to speak the word over myself. So a lot of the things that I've, I've done or dealt with is because it's not because I've seen it, um, but it's really by faith, you know. And I know faith without works is dead. So it's like, okay, I got to work this faith. 
And so just to be able to assist people and watch people and see them grow and to see them empower, because what I, I do not want the enemy to feel like he has, has a hold on his people, mm-hmm. you know, whether they, they know God or not, but the enemy is so quick to grip people and, and claw people and just grab a hold of them thinking and keep them like bound and in chains and thinking that not even have them thinking that there's a way out, but yeah. there is because he's a liar. He's a deceiver. And his, his mission is to blind the people and to keep them in a place of darkness and scarcity and lack. But that's not the God that, that I serve that we serve that's not who god is and so just having the opportunity to do that is is my goal yes wow so y'all better look out for the arise warriors facebook group look out for it because i know i am i have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation make sure you go to amazon and get the book you can order it via paperback or kindle and be sure to get vic the good fight fight the good fight the victory is yours so yeah. be sure to get that and thank you miss green for joining <laughs> us thank you thank you so much anything you want to say thank you for I, having me i appreciate it i mean i just got some word for the day just to, to <laughs> so, yeah another fill up yeah <laughs> so and i know it's gonna bless our audience as well so continue to do your great things in the ministry okay. So thank y'all. This has been another episode of Resilient Love. See ya. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Resilient Love Podcast. We wanted to take this opportunity to also let you know that you can help us by committing to a monthly fee of $0.99, or $9.99. Those contributions help us to keep this movement of resilient love going. Blessings to all listeners and subscribers. Thank you all. Resilient Resilient love. love.